These hauntings can be terrifying things. I should know. I've faced many evils in my life. too awesome awesome you know what maybe i blew out my voice singing along to the greatest showman in the car have you done that often in the past couple of days i have all right cool what's your favorite lyric um this is the greatest show that's so nice no i actually like i do like the most of the lyrics in that movie are pretty bad mm-hmm. but i really like uh where the runaways are running the night because that's, that's actually a wordplay that's beautiful it is beautiful who sings that lyric everyone Ensemble, as are most lyrics, because apparently the circus is just 80 people all at once in a ring, just doing a bunch of crap and singing a song. Those are my memories of the circus. Oh, really? Yeah. All right, continue. Hello, and welcome back to Scream 101. I'm Brennan. And I'm Sergio. And as you might have been able to tell by our greatest showman conversation, we're coming to you from back in time. Are we leaving that in? Maybe. All right. Well, if we're not, it's going to be really confusing. <laughs> yes, it will be. Because that was a long conversation. No, it wasn't super long. Should we just restart? It was about 34 seconds. Should we just restart? We're fine. Okay. We need some extra time to fill in because we're not doing 10 word reviews today. Okay. Because this is a bit of a time capsule episode during this month um, that we're releasing this, Sergio is going to be suffering through the stress and torment of finals. Ooh, Ooh it's mostly just essays. But it's still stressful papers. and tormenting. I mean, it is. God, so much gray hair. Yeah, like just like Elise from Insidious. She didn't have gray hair. She dyed her hair. Really? It's not gray? It's like blonde. I see blonde. Okay. Her, I was going to say husband, her brother. <laughs> has gray hair? Lots of gray hair. Okay, great. Anyway, um, we are reviewing Insidious 4, a.k.a. Insidious, The Last Key. Ba-ba-bum. Uh, Aside, did you know that was the real title? Or the title to the movie? Yes, I did. Okay, I just thought of it as Insidious 4. No, I mean, like, I pay attention to things, and I look at posters, and also the news, and... Yes, I remember the breaking news story on CNN. Insidious <laughs> 4 is also Insidious The Last Key. Well, I'm sorry they didn't mention it on the daily, but, yeah, it's been that title for a while. Okay, whatever. Anyway, um, yeah, Insidious The Last Key, um, they're already hiding what number they have reached, which is usually a thing that horror franchises do when they get a little bit higher than that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like uh, Friday the 13th didn't start doing that until part nine. So uh-huh. they're already a little embarrassed by how old this franchise is. Um, but yeah, so we, we are recording this literally an hour after we watched the movie in January. Um, and be amazed at how quickly I forgot what I just saw. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's shocking. It truly is the greatest <laughs> show. Okay, keep going. Anyway, um, here is the uh, plot of Insidious The Last Key, which we will be spoiling throughout this review. Brilliant parapsychologist Elise Rainier. Rainier? Rainier? I say Rainier. Rainier. Receives a disturbing phone call from a man who claims that his house is haunted. Even more disturbing is the address. The home where Elise grew up as a child. 414 New Mexico. Well, that was the beginning and the end, you nailed it. <laughs> it was Apple Tree Lane in Five Keys, New Mexico. Oh, beautiful. And apparently the name of her town is named after the fingers of the demon in the movie? I, I don't know. So. 
Um, like, did he found the town? <laughs> <laughs> it was his home. Okay. Um, accompanied by her two investigative of in- investigative partners, um, Rainier travels to Five Keys to confront and destroy her greatest fear, the demon that she accidentally set free years earlier. So, we rate every movie on scariness, campiness, FX, and quality out of five. Um, f- yeah. What's your scariness score for this movie? I give it a three. I, d- I also gave it three out of five screams. Um, you know, we've reviewed our fair share of James Wan pictures. I know this isn't one of his. It was... Uh, he, he produced it, and that counts. Yeah, um, it's in the Wan family. Yeah, uh, and he has a very distinctive style and uh, plot structure. Yeah, that his predecessors, predecessors have taken on as, you know, part of the genre or whatever. Yeah. Um. Anyway, and so we know to expect a bunch of jump scares throughout the movie and there were a few but there weren't that many no and honestly i'm kind of fine with that in a movie that's maybe a little better than this one like it doesn't have to be all jump scares all the time you're but right like, that is what these movies promise yeah that's what i go to the movie for i go to be scared yeah like because even insidious 2 which i frankly hated mm-hmm. there were some great jump scares there was one with uh, like uh, one of those tin can connected by a string. There was that going into the closet. I remember that gag being really scary. Yeah. Um, this one didn't have anything like that. One thing that I found really good was, um, I mean, it's been done before. Uh-huh. Uh, it was Elise in like her childhood bedroom because she was spending the night there trying to figure out what was wrong with it for uh-huh. Mr. Gomez. Gar Garvez. Mr. G. Yeah. Um. And uh, like you saw, like the light was away from her so you are facing her light was reflecting or something uh-huh. and then you saw that her shadow was behind her and the shadow was slowly moving oh yeah that was scary i was freaked out by that i loved it that was a good effect yeah no there are some great moments of of tension mm-hmm. and, and of building an mm-hmm. atmosphere mm-hmm. um and while this, this movie doesn't really deliver on the kind of popcorn movies screams mm-hmm. that its predecessors all have there was a great one in insidious 3 too like, oh, <laughs> sorry i'm i'm just i'm just kind of sad like there's kind of a precedent that was set by the first three films in this franchise mm-hmm. that this one did not reach up to in terms of scariness mm-hmm. um but i do think that uh there's some really good material here but it's actually when real human beings come into play more than when the ghosts come into play. I mean, you're right there. Because there is a shocking twist in this movie <laughs> that I, was, I really enjoyed. All right, but before we get to that, I have a question for you. Okay. Um, do you remember at the beginning of the movie, they were both, her and her brother were still kids. They uh-huh. were in their room, and uh, like the little brother runs to like the, like the closet. No, no, he runs to her bed uh-huh. because she's in the closet playing with some demon or whatever uh-huh. and then you see like a flash of a red face yeah it by the little boy was that the signature insidious ghost like or was that a different the, one? the lipstick demon yeah i don't know i don't think so because he doesn't come in until the house i'm honestly a little confused by the mythology of this movie uh-huh um and chronology i it does take place between the events of insidious 3 which is a prequel and the events of ins- the original Insidious, because spoiler alert, um, Lin Shay's character dies in the second one, so they keep having to go back in time. <laughs> like they're they keep doing this in all of their franchises, Paranormal Activity. They keep having to go backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, they did the. I mean, the, it's the same. It's the it's the jigsaw principle. <laughs> yeah. Of wait, 
the one person people are here to see we killed off really early mm-hmm. <laughs> what do we do yeah um but yeah what was i saying it's all gone oh the oh, face if oh, it was the face yeah the the way it connects with everything is really strange and there's a super pointless coda of how she gets a phone call telling her to go help out the family from insidious and it's like yeah i didn't need to see the other end of that phone call yeah um but i do like that these movies are squarely about lynn shea now mm-hmm. because she was definitely the zelda rubenstein character in the first two and now she's like kick-ass old lady character yeah um anyway scariness there's a big twist and the big twist is that the most dangerous people here are the human beings who are being controlled by a spirit that lives in the house and Possibly. founded the town and has keys for fingers, I guess. <laughs> um, there, I re- thought that was cool. That was probably the coolest thing of this movie. That was cool, but it just kind of never went anywhere. What do you mean? He locked up people and he muted them and then he collected their souls. Yeah, but what was the last key? Well, oh, you mean the fifth key? What was the last key? What do you mean? That's the name of the movie. Well, I don't know if there was a last key. It was the key that opened the door. There were like 800 keys in this movie, and she was like, there are five red doors that he's trying to open. And we never find out what that's all about. And I hope we're not going to have to watch Insidious 5 to find that out, because that sounds exhausting. And I don't care that much. The super last key? Yeah. (laughs) The the next key? uh, No, it'll be the penultimate key, because it'll take place like minutes before this one happened. Uh And ugh. Um, but anyway, the, if you think about the plot too hard, just don't, just don't bother. Mm -hmm. Um, basically, no, what I was trying to say. Okay. So the twist is the guy who calls her to, uh, help out because there's a haunting in his house, which used to be her house. Mm -hmm. Um, it turns out he's like an evil murderer who has a woman locked up in his basement and like that twist where the, um, like supposed victim is actually evil. That's something I thought was really interesting and actually kind of ratcheted up the tension in the movie because I wasn't feeling it with the ghosts. And so any of that material, of the real-life material, very good. Also, the key demon, spooky. Um, but yeah, so the the key demon's really spooky. Um, he is played by Javier Botet, who is a... The Javier Botet? I know, the Javier Botet. The guy who was in Rec 4? No, he was in Rec 1. Rec 1? Oh my god, you... I'm happy you half listen when I talk to you. I couldn't remember. <laughs> he was in Wreck. He yeah. played the spooky demon yeah, at the end. Yeah, he played the one of the best movie monsters ever put to digital. <laughs> the Crooked Man? Yeah. Um. Yeah, okay, you do listen sometimes. But no, Javier Botet, I, I think, is the Lon Chaney of our times. He plays all the best monsters. He um, was a crooked man in The Conjuring 2. He was Mama and Mama. He was the spooky multi-handed demon in The Other Side of the Door. I didn't say he made great movies, but he's good in them. Who's Lon um, Chaney? Oh, my God. Lon Chaney was like the original Mummy and the Wolfman. He was in old Universal movies. Okay, he cool. He was known as the Man of a Thousand Faces because he played all the monsters. All right, cool. I think he was also in one of the original Phantom of the Operas as well. All right. Anyway, that answered my question, Youngling. Um, I love him, and I do think he did a good job of being spooky. He's that's his thing, and he's great at it. He was also in It. He was in the new movie It. He played one of the incarnations of Pennywise when he was like a spooky, diseased leper chasing after the hypochondriac kid. Cool. Mm-hmm. Go, Javier Botet. Yes, that's his name. Um. Anyway, what's your campiness score out of five? I'm gonna give this one a three. Uh, me too. Oh, uh, twinsies. Uh, 
the reason why the score is as high as it is, given the fact that it's not really a campy kind of movie, is because the movie kind of cheesy. There oh, is some yeah. real cheesy dialogue. Um, one thing that the movie tried to do, um, and you can elaborate if you think it did it well, or we can talk about it later in overall mm-hmm. score, is that it sacrificed jump scares for like a storyline. And, you know, me, myself, and I, I don't really need you guys to try and give me a plot. Um, it could be just, you know, it could be the plot of, you know, What's a dumb The Sandlot. The Sandlot. And just put some jump scares in. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. There's a scary dog in that movie. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm just saying is that it could be next to nothing. And I will be, as long as you scare me, I will enjoy it. But this movie. Oh, that's what you were saying. Yeah. I messed up. Yeah. I don't know what I was saying. Um, The plot of By the Sea with Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt. I haven't seen that. I need to check it out. I assume nothing happens in that movie. (laughs) Anyway, um, but this movie, like, it tried to give me, like, a storyline. Like, it tried to create a family drama. And I was just not interested in that, really. Yeah. I I appreciated what they tried to do for Lin Shay, and it's like okay, good. Like really try to give this character some some depth, some emotional nuance. Uh-huh. But I was like, I don't really need it. Or no, and it could have been done better. This character did not need a dark, tragic backstory. Mm-hmm. The, oh, like, look, I don't. Um, when I'm watching Poltergeist, I'm not like, oh, but when Zelda Rubenstein was a child and her shortness was like appropriate for her age. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> <laughs> like what was going on with her? I don't need to know. Yeah, like how many wings of KFC chicken did she eat? Well, that's uh v- highly offensive. Um, um, why? Does she eat a lot in the movie? What are you talking I about? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just hungry for KFC, man. Okay, I was like, is that it's the origin for I don't know. Anyway, um it 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 doesn't her her backstory doesn't need to be dark and spooky and twisted and I don't need to know that much about her childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm kind of an anti prequel person in general. Um, I don't, I don't care about Lynn Shay as a six year old, although the actress they cast looked a, like just uncannily like Lynn Shay. Yeah. I think all the actresses that they cast to play Lynn Shay's past lives look like her. Yeah. Maybe does she have kids? Cause maybe they're her kids. I don't think she does. It's possible. Yeah. I don't know. Or like family members, but I mean, at the same time, it's just, you know, skinny blonde women. With yeah, the guys. I, I am gonna look it up actually. Right. Um, but so anyway, no, it was Goofy and Maudlin and the guy they had playing her brother. Um, on the car ride home, I was saying not so nice things about his acting, but you rightfully said that every line of dialogue he was given was really bad. It was just really cheesy. No, he was like, "You left me at home with the real monster." our father yeah and you could hear the comma it was a very literary dialogue and it did not work mm-hmm. um we weren't the only laughs in the theater at that line i'll just have you know yeah other people found it to be a little over the top yeah it was a lot it was like lifetime meets insidious yeah no all those scenes were terrible and the brother was the dumbest oh no second dumbest character who was the dumbest uh we'll get to that but first, like, he had this whistle when he was a kid where if he would blow on it, it would, like, alert his mom. It was like a ghost. It was like a, like a, just it was a ghost whistle. Like, if he saw a ghost, he could call his mom and she'd come in. It was something of, like, a rape whistle was what I thought when I first saw it. Yeah, no, that I, I was going to say that, but then I was like, is that inappropriate? But then it happened. It's a thing that people have. Yeah. It's like a rape whistle for ghosts. Uh-huh. It's a ghost whistle. Yeah. Um. Anyway, a, a grape whistle no that's terrible i feel so bad about that um (laughs) anyway so he had this whistle and he lost it when he was six and then lin shay finds it just hanging on the like boards of his bed and i'm like he did not look super hard to find that whistle if that's Mm -hmm. where it was this whole time 
Um, but then she, there's this weird, really complicated thing where a ghost steals the whistle, but she has a picture of the whistle and she shows it to the brother. And then he shows up the next day with his two beautiful daughters. Okay, this man is like 79 and his daughters are like 20. And I'm like, how? where is their mom? What is their story? Listen, if the I age... need a prequel, I need, I need to know where these girls came from. Yeah, the age of the brother I felt was a little inconsistent because our first scene with him, he was... It seemed like him and Lin Shea were probably just a couple years apart. Yeah. Then we get a flashback to her being 16 and he's like 12. I think they had the same actor play him in both scenes <laughs> and two actresses play her or something because he looked like he did not age. Yeah, it seemed like just a slightly older version of the kid in the first shot. And then uh, we get a flash forward to the future in 2010 and Lin Shay looks much younger than he does. He looks a good 10 to 15 years older than her. He, he, he is giving off strong like Alan Alda vibes. <laughs> Another reference I don't get. You don't know Alan Alda? Who's Alan Alda? From MASH? I never saw that show. Um, whatever. Um, What's the equivalent of Alan Alda on like um, uh, Finnegan's Island? Gilligan's Island. Gilligan's Island. What, just that specific show? Yeah. I guess The Professor? Okay. <laughs> or The Rich Guy? Is he old? I don't remember. The Rich Guy's old. Okay, then like him? The Millionaire. Yeah. And, and his and wife. And his wife. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Billionaire. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead. Anyway, um, no, I he was old. Uh, mm-hmm. It was confusing, and I don't know how he had these beautiful twenty-year-old daughters. I, I, I do want to know. Um, but the thing <laughs> is, so Lin Shay's niece also has the gift of seeing ghosts, and what? Go ahead. I do think she's going to be the Shia LaBeouf in Indiana Jones of this franchise, where like they make a slight plan to put her in the next sequels and then they totally scrap that. Yeah. That was my question is like, do you think they included this character to like make insidious five, like, and give them a new main character to build. Yeah. Like just in case, like if Lynn Shea gets tired of it, Mm -hmm. cause like she is getting older and she's probably not going to like want to run around shouting at ghosts (laughs) for the rest (laughs) of her life. Yeah. Um, or I mean, you know, they run out of tired plot lines of just going back in the past. That's true. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because she is dead. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Well, because literally in the in the teaser at the end of Insidious Two, she's just doing the same parapsychologist do- job she's al- always done, but she's just a ghost. Isn't it in Japan? Aren't they doing it in Japan? I don't remember. I felt like they it need was to in make Japan. that movie. I remember a shot of Japan. I. <laughs> I'm probably wrong. I'm yeah. probably confusing movies. I'm just waiting for that shot. Oh, yeah. And she's like, this is the biggest evil we've ever seen. I would love to see a movie where she's just a ghost also. <laughs> and nobody can cool. see her. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. And th- then um, they have to get Imogen in to like translate because no one can talk to her. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe that's why they included her in here. Imogen will be talking to the ghost of... Uh, of her aunt and we'll just have to be dealing with that maybe i don't know it's so confusing none of this makes any sense um but yeah it's campy and this the for the most stupidest character which i forgot to mention is the other niece the non-psychic niece oh you 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 were commenting about her behaviors and actions in the movie do you remember Well, she was just really dumb she's very trusting yeah um like they met this creepy old lady who was smiling at them in the diner and they're like, who are you? And then their dad comes in and they're like, hi dad. Because 
they, the girls and their dad always drive places separately for some reason, <laughs> which also doesn't make any sense. Well, presumably the girls have like, I'm assuming their rent is cheap in Five Keys, New Mexico. Uh-huh. So the girls probably have their own place. Maybe in Six Keys, maybe they've made it out of Maybe, <laughs> but even, even when they're specifically traveling together, they take two separate cars like they're in Sex in the City too. Um, <laughs> That's such an odd reference. But they had four limos driving them around. It's like, be with your friends. <laughs> Okay. I, I know Samantha and Carrie have some beef now, but like, come on. Anyway, so <laughs> I just don't think anybody's gonna know what you're talking about. We'll see. Aside from me and you, <laughs> that movie, the, all the movies are crazy. Anyway, so the girl, like the creepy old lady's like, and oh, their dad comes in. He sees the old lady that's been trying to like maybe flirt with you, and her friends are definitely trying to flirt with you. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no. My long lost sister, I don't want to speak to you. You ruined my life. And then he like bolts away. And then one the dumb girl goes up to her and she's like, I still think you're cool. It's been so nice to meet you. Yeah. Like, give me a ring. I'll make you some pudding pie anytime you're in town, ta- basically. Uh-huh. And it's like, did you not see what happened with your dad? Yeah. She was just very welcoming. She was ready to experience everything. She had no reservations. She isn't a cynic, which I think is rare for someone our age. Um, <laughs> it's that famous five keys hospitality. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then she goes down into the spooky basement. Oh, this is what I was going to talk about. Um, because oh, this whistle is like really important to the dad, and she found it in the house. Mm-hmm. And so she shows him a picture, and he just shows up at the house trying to find this whistle and it's like don't you think that lynn shea probably has the whistle okay first off more than anything there's fucking caution tape across the door and knowing what he knows about that house knowing what he knows about his friggin sister it's a small town presumably somebody found out that news like that the current occupant had a woman trapped in the dungeon like why is he going in there why is he like breaking the rules to find his whistle oh but like by all accounts, his character should assume that Lin Shay has it on her person, so mm-hmm. there's no reason to search the house. That's true. There is no. Um, or did he? Did Lin Shay tell him that, or tell the daughter that she no longer has the whistle? No, she just said, "Show your dad this picture; he'll know what it means." Okay, yeah, you're right then. Yeah, he's just dumb. Yeah, and then his daughter's extra dumb because she's like, "I'm gonna go look for the whistle in the basement." No, she doesn't. But she like hears, she looks for him. She hears her dad, and she's like, "I'm gonna go down to the basement and not turn any lights on." And the dad's like, "It's okay, I found the whistle." In the most like obviously, I'm a spooky ghost mm-hmm. <laughs> pretending to be your dad voice possible. And I don't know. That's okay. Like dumb horror movie character. We can talk for hours about that behavior, but she was dumb. She's she was dumb. very dumb. Um. And in terms of campiness, just the Specs and Tucker, the uh, her comic relief sidekicks who have always been there, and I've tended to enjoy because I like Lee Whannell and I love Angus Sampson. He was great. Yeah, he was the reason to watch in this movie. I don't know. I just didn't really like their material this time around. I liked it. They were the you know they were the comedy in this movie. Yeah, it just felt too jarring because the movie was so maudlin. Like mm-hmm. it, it was just kind of whiplash inducing. I agree with you. I wouldn't use those words. I do feel it was like uneven. The fact that they were in this weird family drama um, with with laughs for me. Yeah. And, and they just kept trying to sleep with her nieces really transparently. And it was creepy because the nieces can't be more more than like two years fresh out of high school. They could be 25. They could be, but it's still. They could be 30. It's Hollywood. I guess you're right. It's just, it's it's gross. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Um. But that's fine. 
I like Lee Winnell. He's he's he's. I cute. thought it was unprofessional. That was my oh, issue yeah, with very, it. Well, I mean, they're, they're on all, the job. They're always unprofessional. He shows up at the client's house like snacking on an ice cream sandwich. Yeah, it's like whoa! Look at them. They're so wacky. Mm-hmm. Are they gonna like poke each other in the eyes and fall into a pie? <laughs> She's psychic. We're sidekick. I did like that line. I did not like that line. I liked it because nobody in the movie got it. <laughs> oh. I didn't. I was just like, it's obvious. Like, it's obvious. Why doesn't the person who who called the people in know what it is that they're saying? Are you okay? Okay, yeah, that is dumb. Um, but yeah, so, no, I'm fine. <laughs> for, for the people at home who don't know what's happening, I did kind of keel over. <laughs> Because I was trying to adjust an audio knob, but I didn't want to bend forward, so I just kind of leaned to the side on the floor. All right. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> what, what's your effects score? Um, um, four. Four? Okay, for why? I liked the sparks and I liked the keys, and that was good enough for me. There were a lot of keys in this movie. Don't know which was the last one, but plenty. the key game was on point. I liked the shadow thing. Um, what shadow thing? Oh, the, yeah, the shadow behind her. The shadow thing. Uh, what else did I like? I liked um, pretty decent jump scares. Not the best. Not the best. I spent the uh-huh. first third of this podcast talking about how terrible it was, uh, but they weren't bad in terms of the effects that were on display. Okay. Um. Uh, yeah. I mean, maybe it was a three. Maybe it was a three. That's fine. I'm giving it a two out of five. Um, mainly because look, the the further is always a cheap effect, which is the like the other side ghost. Yeah, world that's that my least into. favorite thing. It's like once they enter that thing, it's like I'm relieved because I know the movie's gonna come to a close. Uh-huh. But at the same time, like this place is just ugly and there's nothing to it. It's yeah, just a it, back lot somewhere. Yeah, it's just a black light on the same set they've already been using, but there's less yeah. furniture. Um, I I think it has been used well before. I think when Patrick Wilson goes in there in the first one, it creates some very spooky moments. I think in part three when she meets Lana Del Rey, um, like there's some spooky stuff going on. That is an inside no, joke. It, no one's like, gonna get all your inside jokes. There's a singing ghost that sounds like Lana Del Rey. Um, but anyway, um, hey, remember in the trailer there is a creepy bald girl going this way. Yeah, that was not in this movie. That wasn't in this movie. I wonder what happened to her. I guess the no, I don't know. Uh. I don't know. Um, there's tune in for the director's cut. I don't think I, I will be, <laughs> but whatever. Yeah, that. What I don't know. There's th- this movie. It feels like there's a lot missing, and not just because there's no bald girl in it. Um, well, I mean, presumably, maybe they cut out some stuff that I guess could have been redundant. We know that there were, you know, spoiler alert. There were other victims of either her father or. The the new guy, the Victor new guy. Garzo or something? Garza? Garza? Um, Gonzo? Something like that. Um, and uh, maybe these were their ghosts trying to help Lin Shay and her niece like solve the murders and get rid of the uh, serial perpetrator demon. Okay, maybe. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, let's go move on to quality. I lost my train of thought multiple times throughout the course uh-huh. of that s- sentence. Um, what's your overall quality score out of five? I think I'm going to be consistent. I may have been slightly generous for effects, even though I kind of backtracked and gave it a three Uh and say just a three. Like to me, this movie is perfectly average. I'm giving it a three as well. Um, yeah, it there. I look, I I came to it from a certain perspective Mm -hmm. because 
I will be writing my first column for Dread Central, which you is... You will have in, written... I will. It'll be like five months ago at this point. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm starting a monthly column that's kind of like a film school approach to modern horror movies and talking about the subtext and uh-huh. like things that are interesting. And so I came at it looking for subtext, and I think there's a lot of really interesting stuff in there. Check out my article from five months ago. <laughs> um, just about like intergenerational women helping each other find a voice mm-hmm. which is is a weird thing to say given how little we've talked about that kind of plot element in our discussion but like it's totally present if you just look for it mm-hmm. um and i think that part is really interesting but i think as an insidious movie it really fails yeah. on a lot of key counts yeah um well yeah because uh well, the Insidious movies up till now have been kind of uneven. The first one was okay. Oh, the first one was great. First one's great. Uh, second one was eh. I hated the second one. Third, I don't remember the second one. Uh-huh. The third one was eh, slightly better. It was like your garden variety jump scare movie. Which yeah, is but what that's you want. perfectly nice. Yeah, which is what you want when you go to the movie theater. Uh, and then this one was more on like between the second and the fourth one. Yeah. Just like, eh, you know, it was okay. They tried to really give Elise some history i guess try to expand on her character give uh-huh. lynn Shay something to work with but ultimately it fell flat yeah i mean look, the they, writing was just not there they did give her some meaty material to act mm-hmm. and i thought she did well she always does well mm-hmm. um but yeah the dialogue is is weak it's clunky mm-hmm. um a lot of what lynn Shay has to do is just sit down and explain exposition to a bunch of people and it's exposition we've already seen yeah um and like I said, it feels like a lot of is missing. I feel like I got no conclusion with the main demon villain. Um, it was Deus Ex Machina. Yeah, it, it was, and it was such an obvious one. It was yeah. basically the same Deus Ex Machina as The Conjuring 2, which is like an item or a piece of information we gave you in the first act is going to instantly clear up the conflict mm-hmm. with like no struggle or effort at all. Yeah just so easy like it's like why didn't you do this at the beginning yeah it, it, it that that's kind of frustrating and i just wish there was a little more with the villain because it's such a good villain because it's javier botet my uh-huh. favorite actor in the world um next to literally every other actor i don't know about that second only to every other actor oh you have a lot of favorite actors like who Lynche. that's an actress same thing okay. it's actually sexist that you refer don't want to call her an actor Okay, um, he's my favorite male actor um, behind Zac Efron. And what about Hugh Jackman? I don't... I'm, he was good in Logan. I mean, look, he's good in all the things. Uh-huh. What about Miguel and Hans Sylvester? He's just the prettiest man in the world. He's not, like, my favorite actor. What about... Um, Zach? I don't know. I don't respond to a lot of male actors. It's like, um, why do we even give them roles? You know? I know, so boring. What about Javier Bardem? Javier Bardem. <laughs> More like Javier Boredom, am I right? You liked them in, was it Toro, Matador? Live Flesh. Live Flesh. Anyway, we're just talking about Pedro Almodovar movies now. Yeah. Um, I think there is a tough uh, balance that Insidious 4 fails to find between its interesting subtext, its wonderful central performance, and like anything really good in in scariness or script mm-hmm. <laughs> um, is my kind of nice way of putting it. Um, but three out of five. Like it, it, I didn't, I n- neither disliked 
nor strongly liked this experience, but I had an okay time. <laughs> yeah. Um. Again, I'm really gonna bring home or really, you know, state my point repeatedly that I thought it could have been better. This family drama that they tried to create. Um. But all in all, like I enjoy the movie overall. It was at least, at the very least, fun to make fun of. I know that's not what any filmmaker yeah. wants to hear about their movie, but and uh, not even like th- there was enough material to keep you invested until the end. Mm-hmm. But as long as you do not think or speak about it ever again after the credits roll, mm-hmm. because like you you don't want to pull at any of those threads. Yeah. <laughs> Although, oh, I made a great joke. Speaking of thread, um, there's a part where oh, God. <laughs> there's. Um, there's a ghost who's trying to give her a message, so she's holding up this dress, and there's a thread that connects the dress to a suitcase. And I'm like, it's the phantom thread. <laughs> no one will understand that reference five months from now. Yeah, everyone will have forgotten that movie. But yeah. it's literally phantoms, because it's ghosts. It is ghosts. It's so good. And it's the thread. Mm-hmm. So it's perfect. I'm so good at jokes. You are good. I love jokes that require a lot of context. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway... Uh, that's, I think, gonna be about it for this discussion. Um, I'm not sure it was a, like, great analysis of Insidious, but I certainly had fun in this conversation. All right. Hopefully our listeners did, too. I hope so, too. Um, I will be telling you what the movie we're discussing next week, but first, here is our contact information. You can find us on Twitter at Scream101Pod. You can find us on Facebook at Scream101Podcast. Email us at Scream101Podcast at gmail.com. You should be like the, uh, the Price is Right showgirl for when I'm doing contact stuff, like move your hands around and be all pretty and like, yes, you can buy this car. Yeah, that's perfect for a audio medium. <laughs> yeah. Um, subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe. Rate and review. Rate and review. Uh, give us five stars for five as stars many keys are in the town in New I'm Mexico. Okay. Um, and our theme song is A Beat for You by Pseudo Echo. And hey, Sergio, I haven't run this by you, but do you want to know what movie we're going to do next in this <laughs> month? <laughs> this is a, a great way to reveal it, Brennan. <laughs> yes, I would like to know. Um, I do think like our plans could change in the months between this episode being released um, and us recording it. But I, I was thinking our next episode could be uh, Strangers 2, Pray at Night. Is that that movie that we saw previewed? We did see the preview for it. Then sure, why not? Okay, cool. You know what I'm excited for? What? Truth or Dare. Oh, shoot. Yeah, we should do that too. That yeah. might that might cap out the month. All right, cool. I think it's going to be a very Blumhouse-y month. Those faces were something scary. <laughs> <laughs> they creeped me the hell out. Yeah, I'm it excited to see. So, you know, uh, I don't know what face. I think it reminded me of the face that um the, uh, the brother made in uh, Amityville, the beginning. There's a really creepy and uh, kind of a face. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. The Amityville 2? Yeah. Well, Amityville the beginning or whatever. That's the possession. The possession. The second one. Yeah, that's the second one. The second one is a prequel. Uh-huh, yes. So, yeah. Um, Truth or Dare, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say we're doing that later this month. Um, That one's coming out in April. You know what? Why don't I just run through this month's slate All right. of so potentially what we're going to be doing? My guess, it's going to be... Well, you just said The Strangers, the Pray strangers. at Night, which is the worst title ever. A Quiet Place. Yes, A Quiet Place. And Truth or Dare. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it's going to be. Sounds like a good month to me. Yeah, it's going to be 75% Blumhouse, and I'm into it. Right. Yeah, Truth or Dare, that one really looks like... 
It looks ambitious. Yeah, I don't know. It looks like the it looks like Ouija plus Unfriended plus Pretty ambitious. Little Liars. And honestly, I'm there for that. <laughs> yeah, I love me some Tyler Posey. Give yeah. me more work, Blumhouse. Yeah, and I love me a teen scream too. Mm-hmm. So Literally that's what horror movies are for. They're for teenagers to get scared and then to get laid like in the parking lot after. In <laughs> yeah. Okay. What? Yeah. That's fun. That's no, what it's true. for. Okay. In the parking lot though? Fine. The park. In a different parking lot. In a different parking lot. Be classy. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, let's I'll see you for all those movies in the next couple of weeks. I can't promise exactly the order these will come out in because who knows? <laughs> this it, is our last one. That's for future me to figure out. <laughs> yeah, what if we just don't do any of those episodes? Yeah. Or what if some other cool movie comes out that we haven't heard of yet? Probably. It's possible. Between now and May or whatever. Yeah, I was surprised to find out that Ant-Man and the Wasp comes out later this year. Yeah. Uh, raise your hand if you're excited for that. Spoiler alert, no one raised their hand. I raised my hand. No, no one did. I did. Are you excited for Ant-Man and the Wasp? I'm excited. Okay. It's a little this- treat. Okay, great. This episode has gone on way too long, so thank you so much for listening, everyone. You are you are the true heroes. Yes, you are. You are the last key. Have a happy Mother's Day. Heart. Is it Mother Happy Mother's Day? Have a happy Mother's Hi, Day because it'll be in the future. Yeah. Yep. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, because it'll be like the first week of May, and then the second weekend of May is like Mother's Day. Yeah. You're in welcome. theory. You're welcome. We'll see. All right. Okay. Bye. <laughs> All right. Oh, oh, good luck on your journey. And stay gold, everybody. Bye-bye. This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart. Hello there. I'm Uncle Ponyboy. Do you like suspense? Don't go in there. Buckets of blood and human excrement? Pour upon me. Gratuitous nudity with more boobies than you can handle? Let me see and radical hairstyles? Oh, yeah! Then you should check out the Gore Gab Podcast, hosted by yours truly and DJ Gill. Oh. You can find us on the iTunes Podcast Store and on Twitter at Gore Gab Podcast. And while you're at it, go ahead and go check out cupholderradio.com. It's podcast for the weird at heart.